I wake up so excited about what I'm going to do today and who I'm going to talk to. And even mundane tasks, they're still mundane, but it's different than any other career I've had before. And I think it's the perfect time to have this happen. And it's, it's kind of like writing the book during his illness. It gives me something else to focus on that's completely separate. Are you ready to take courageous steps to create a life and business you love? Welcome to the Courage Cast. I'm Andrea Crisp, an empowerment coach, author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. For years, I was afraid to allow myself to shine. That was until I discovered that I could step into my own power, shift my mindset, and take ownership of my destiny. Now I coach individuals across the globe who are ready to own their life and make a massive impact. With a blend of practical and spiritual advice, my hope is that the Courage Cast empowers you to take brave steps in your own life and business. Hello, friend. I am so excited that you are joining me today on the Courage Cast. And I'm really excited for you to hear this podcast today. Debbie Weiss is such an incredible woman, and I have been fortunate enough to watch her incredible journey unfold. Just over a year ago, Debbie was one of my clients, was in a group program that I hosted. And at the time, she mentioned that she really wanted to share her story with others to help motivate them move forward in their life. Well, this past year, during one of the most difficult seasons of her life, not only did she write and publish her first book, On Second Thought, Maybe I Can, but she has also leaned into becoming a speaker as well. And I really believe this conversation is going to light you up and encourage you to pursue that next step in your life. It really doesn't matter how old or young you are, what might be going on in your life. When we have a dream absolutely nothing can stop us. And Debbie is definitely a testament to that. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Debbie Weiss. Debbie, I am so thrilled to have you on the Courage Cast and very excited for you. This has been a huge month for you with the launch of your brand new book on Second Thought. Maybe I can. You are like an official author. My goodness. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) First of all, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like it's so cool when you're a listener, you know, and then I hear you and I I know you, which I'm sure we'll get into, but still I'm like, oh my goodness, I am actually on the Courage Cast with Andrea. It's so exciting. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I remember having conversations like probably almost a year ago now. And I remember you telling me, you're like, I want to be a motivational speaker and an author. And you had no idea at the time how that was going to happen. And in a year's time, so much has happened in your life. Oh my goodness. So much has happened, Um, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit of that as well. But I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about your new book. Well, so my book is a memoir and it's a book about someone who had no self-confidence, no self-esteem, primarily due to weight issues and never wanted to be seen or heard. Mm -hmm. 
I was vocal around, you know, my friends and my family and all of that, but in a public arena, even, even if we were going and meeting new people, forget it. I didn't want anyone to look at me because I was afraid of being judged. Mm -hmm. And my life then transformed into at an early age, becoming a caregiver and so many other challenges, challenges that we all have in life. You know, my challenges are different than your challenges, but we all have them. Mm -hmm. And those challenges helped me along the way to develop some skills that I was lacking and at 50, I kind of had an epiphany and I'm knocking on 60 in less than two months now. And in the last decade, my life has radically changed. And I want people to know that that's a possibility. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. And I, I think, you know, we get to a certain point in, in our lives. I don't know if it's 40 or 50 or when some people are like saying, oh, I turned 30 and I'm like, I really didn't have those epiphanies at 30, but I think things are changing definitely. And people are having these big aha moments a lot younger, but for you, what was that big shift in your life? And like, how old were you when you're kind of like, all right, this is where my life seems to be going, but it's not necessarily the direction I want it to go. So it was around 50 when I turned 50 three of my closest friends insisted on taking me away to Bermuda for a couple of days. And at the time my kids were 10 and 12 and I have a son who has special needs and I had taken care of my dad who was ill for 30 years. He had just recently passed away and I had been in the thick of it since I was 17 because that's when I became my dad's caregiver. And we went away. And from the minute that we met in the airport, the laughter started. And it was like I melted all of those responsibilities and I just became so carefree again. And during that trip, I kind of realized that I had lost myself. I didn't know who I was as a person anymore. My life was about doing everything for everyone else. Mm -hmm. Not that I regretted that, but I realized, hey, wait a second, I'm 50. If not now, when? You know, I, yeah. I think obviously for me, it was 50. Yeah, 40 was a big number for me, but yeah. in a different way. Mm -hmm. 50, I think I the idea of mortality motivation kind of stepped in and I thought to myself, I don't want to be one of those people at the end of my life, whenever that is, who has regrets. Yes. And I think when I, the 50 was like, well, if not now, my goodness, you got to do something to turn this ship around now. Yeah. How much longer are you going to wait? And that was the beginning of me thinking, oh, maybe I can do something. Maybe I can control my own life because I felt like the circumstances had controlled me up to that point. Yeah. Kind of falling into that victim mindset, which I know very well. I know that very well. And it's interesting, like, cause it doesn't matter how high functioning people are or what their life looks like from the outside, because there are so many things that are happening and are at play 
you know, that can keep us in like a negative swirl or a negative, you know, this is my life and nothing's ever going to change. And I'm never going to be able to, what did that look like for you when you were thinking about how your life looked? Exactly that. I honestly never realized there was another option. I just felt like this, these are the cards that I was dealt. Everyone's dealt different cards. Uh, I think everybody, most of my friends' lives looked a heck of a lot better. I don't know what I ever did to deserve this. Oh, that one right there. (laughs) Yes. I'm a good person. I don't get this. Why was, why did I have this burden? Why does this happen to me? And then of course, looking in, especially when social media came around, right? It yeah. was like, I saw that everybody had a perfect family. Everybody looked perfect, you know, the whole deal. Yeah. And um, I, I never realized, wait a second. No, life does not guide my journey. You know, my circumstances, the people, the situations, it's me and how I react to those things. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it never dawned on me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. You know, and that's kind of how I opened the book. Like, I didn't get the memo. What did, how did other <laughs> people learn this? Like, how right. come I never was told this? And yeah. how come I, I'm a fairly intelligent person? I don't know why it took me this long to realize, wait a second, you're in control. Fix it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the thing, right? Is like, until we kind of get, oh, uh, maybe I can do something about this, you know, maybe it is within my power. And it's almost like we've abdicated power to a circumstance, to an event, to a person. And I don't know if it is like the generation, like, I feel like things are a little bit different now for younger people. Like they have a little bit more freedom and autonomy, maybe more so than even we did, you and I, and we're both from different generations, but i still feel that same thing that you're saying. There was a lot of my upbringing that said, this is how far you can go. This is what is expected of you. This is where you're going to go to. And that's that. And, and then anything beyond that, you're kind of breaking the mold. So when you kind of made that decision for yourself, what was the catalyst for you to say, okay, no more, I'm not, I'm totally stepping out and changing my life. So it wasn't a big aha moment. It actually started with me going back to Weight Watchers for the millionth time. Weight Watchers and I are the same age and we're both from New York. So I I feel quite a kinship (laughs) to them. (laughs) And I I probably like pay the CEO salary um, with all the money that I've given them over the years. But so I went back for the umpteenth time. But this time I went with a different attitude. All the other times... It was, okay, I want to lose as much weight as I can as quickly as possible. In three months, I want to lose, you know, 25 pounds and by the wedding and by the, the summer and all, all those things. Yeah. And, and this time, I didn't think like that. I, I, forget, I ditched that all or nothing thinking, that yes. perfectionist mindset. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to start with a small goal. Yeah. I'm just going to go to a meeting every week nothing else. I don't care how much I weigh. None of that matters. And I did that for a fairly long time, teetered, you know, up and down five pounds. And then I said, all right, I got this down. 
now I'm going to, you know, track my food. And, and I, so I just slowly started adding on mini goals for myself Yeah, and it didn't happen quickly. I had a lot of weight to lose. I wanted to lose a hundred pounds, possibly mm-hmm. a little bit more. I never made it there. I made it to the 90 pound mark. It probably took me three years. Yeah. And I just kept plugging along. And I realized this is not on again, off again. This is a lifestyle, which is a word that's used a lot now. Back then, it really wasn't. My kids used to make fun of me all the time. Oh, that's is this on your lifestyle, mom? Is that on your lifestyle? Like if I was eating something, you know, that yeah. they would consider bad. And I realized, you know what? I did this just by changing my thoughts. Weight Watchers didn't change, right? Yeah, they changed their program a little bit, but it didn't change. It was how I viewed the program. It was all through what I was thinking. And so I think that that then translated into applying that to other areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can see that, right? Like it, when we think about, you know, it's, it is an all or nothing. It ha- has to happen now or it's never going to happen. It's almost as though we put the block up and a wall up and it's the, we're sabotaging ourselves before we even do anything versus thinking like, no, I'm in this for the long haul. I've made a decision that this is how I'm going to live from here on out. It will take as long as it takes and I'm going to keep doing it. It's a lifestyle. It is a way of being. It's a way of actually living your life. And I know for you, you've had a lot happen in your own life personally over the past year. Um, I don't know how much of that you want to talk about or share, I'll but you. I'll tell you everything. Okay. <laughs> tell tell us a little bit about what has this year been like for you? I mean, this is like, you know, rolling up right into your, you know, the launch of your very first book. Yeah. A lot's happened. A lot's happened. Yes. So as you said, in the beginning, I didn't know how I was going to become a motivational speaker or an author or anything. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to a podcast and I heard a woman speaking who helped first time authors get their stories out there. And at the time I wasn't a hundred percent committed to, am I really going to be able to do this? Because I didn't have any confidence in myself as a writer because it's absolutely nothing that I've ever been interested in. As a matter of fact, I would probably like in college pick a class because you didn't have to write papers. Yeah. Right. So I didn't really understand how I was ever really going to be able to do this. But after hearing the woman and then meeting her, I knew if I was going to give it a shot, you know, she could help. Mm -hmm. She was starting up a 12 week course for first time authors. But simultaneously, my husband was diagnosed with terminal blood cancer. And we didn't really have um, any kind of idea of where that would go and how long or, you know, we weren't really given any of that. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, this probably is not the best time to embark on this new journey as an author. And I actually spoke to my therapist who I was a hundred percent, she was going to tell me, you're right. You're crazy. You have too much to deal with. Mm -hmm. And she told me the opposite. 
She Mm -hmm. said, you know, you have so much going on. I also have an insurance agency that I'm responsible for full time. Mm -hmm. And she said, you have so much going on. You need something of your own, something outside of this difficult time to focus on. And she was right. You know, I took the pressure off. I I didn't want to join the class kind of like because of that perfectionist mindset. What if I, what if there's homework and I can't do it because of my situation? You know, what if, what if they make me read what I wrote out loud in front of all the other people and I'm going to be so embarrassed at my writing, you know, they're going to judge me. And I had a just set that aside and say, whatever happens, happens, no expectations. I do the best I can. And, you know, by really being um, diligent in sticking to certain times every day that I would devote to this, that got me there. Yeah. Yeah. And you were able to to write the book simultaneously while your husband was going through all of his treatments and the process of, of that for him. Now there's a lot, you know, kind of as, as the time went on, um, you, you faced a devastating loss in all of that. How did that, how did that play into kind of how you felt about yourself moving forward and um, even publishing the book? The hard part is, is that while I was writing the book and, you know, I would be writing or I would be in a session online with other writers or whatever, my husband um, felt like I was planning my life for after he was gone. Mm. And that was tough. Uh, And I understand Um, He also was suffering from mental illness. So he was certainly depressed and had anxiety, which he had before the terminal cancer diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had a lot of guilt feelings about what I was doing because I thought to myself, is that what I'm doing? And I just reminded myself, no, I've, I've been on this journey well before he ever received that diagnosis. This just happened to coincide. My goal was to finish the book by December 31st of 2022, and he suddenly passed away on December 30th. So it was not, it was sudden, even though he had a terminal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, it was unexpected. Mm -hmm. So I was two chapters shy. And I was supposed to have it to the editor by January 14th. And they said to me, don't be ridiculous. You don't need to do that. We're going to extend it and all of that. And I said, you know what? No. I still need that focus time. It'll give me something else because it's so difficult after the funeral's over, after your friends and family go back to their own lives, Mm -hmm. not that they forget about you. Yeah. Yeah. But they forget about you and and understood, you know, not no no blame or anything. Mm -hmm. And you're left alone. And this, to me, is the hardest part. Yeah. Right. Because now regular life resumes. 
and your life never looks regular again. Yeah. I, I think it's just really, like, really fascinating how you've written a book about, you know, essentially making a decision that you can do all the things that you want to do in life. And you you can make the decision. And then life circumstances shift in your own world where you are in a position where you can do all of those things that you want to do. And yet you are still left with you. And how do you reconcile maybe those, all those feelings, the loss, the grief, the starting over? Because I know that there are many women who are probably facing something very similar. I kind of see them as separate. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not separate. The grief, just as um, at this point when we're recording, it's now been seven and a half months since he passed away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's different than it was because it's not as raw. But I'm telling you, I don't even know how many times a day I talk to him or think about him or dream about him. Like it's, it's constant. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily in a sad way, almost in a little bit of a comforting way, like that he's still here on this journey or I'm yelling at him like, I can't believe <laughs> you left me alone with this. Are you kidding yeah. me? And, you know, mm-hmm. or the ceilings leaking. Really? Really, Gare? What the heck? You know? Yeah. Um, and that makes me feel better. I don't know why, but it does. But yet on the flip side, I say to myself, I have created this new life. And every single day I wake up so excited about what I'm going to do today Mm -hmm. and who I'm going to talk to. And even mundane tasks, they're still mundane, but it's different than any other career I've had before. Yeah, And I think it's the perfect time to have this happen. And it's It's kind of like writing the book during his illness. It gives me something else to focus on that's completely separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how you were, you know, even said, because this was a journey that you've been on for many years for your lifetime. And it culminated during the time of his life where he experienced illness and, uh, and then passed. But in the same way, it is you know, a reminder to us all that we always have an opportunity to, you know, take that step to be brave, to, you know, do things that we don't think that we're capable of doing. Um, As you've found out, you are so much more capable than you ever gave yourself credit for. Yeah, I I have to tell you, I don't know if I had told you this or not, but I had the opportunity to have Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul read my book. It was, it was something that I did with 15 other authors and he, he, he didn't read everybody's full book. He, I don't know, 40 or 50 pages, let's say. Yeah. And then he kind of gave you feedback and you heard everybody else's feedback And when it was my turn, which was last, because my last name is W and it went in alphabetical order and my heart was in my my throat, you know, I was so, so nervous. And I had to give a little explanation of who I was. And I started by saying, 
I'm a numbers girl. And I am. Math has always been my thing. My first career was a CPA. You know, now I'm in insurance. It's still kind of numbers, you know, nothing to do with words. I'm a numbers girl. And then I went on. And when he gave me feedback, he said, you are not a numbers girl. You are a numbers and a word girl. And don't forget it. Wow. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I'm still trying to step into that. Yeah. Let's just, let's just say that it's difficult because I've been a numbers girl my whole life. I'm just learning that. Okay. <laughs> I'm no longer, Jack says, I can't say that anymore. So I am yeah. a numbers and a word, words girl. Yeah. Like, I mean, it just, what a beautiful, like, you know, um, like thought that you can do anything you want to do and then have Jack Canfield read your book oh and give you feedback. Oh, please. I, I was like, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's, that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So what happens now? Like, okay, you've, you've released the book. What, what's in store for you? And, and also like what, what is in store for, you know, the people that are following this journey and, and kind of what do you want to tell them? Well, so I am embarking on bringing my book to as many people as possible mm -hmm. through speaking engagements. Yeah. So I have already done a few and um, there is nothing better than being in a live audience in particular and connecting with people yeah. in that type of forum. Uh, it's very empowering, I think, for the speaker and the attendees. Yeah. So that is certainly something in the near future that I'm going to continue doing. And, you know, I don't know, there might be another book in my future. We shall okay. see. Okay. Mm -hmm. A little teasing that one. Yeah. <laughs> as well as a uh, group coaching opportunity coming up possibly early next year I'm looking into. Doing. So you're going to be coaching? Yes, yes. And I, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> I know exactly I have, what you're going to say. <laughs> well, wait, no. I have super struggled with this. I have yeah. struggled with this because I... I guess it was a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was considering doing the same thing where I was specifically looking and talking to caregivers. Yeah. And what I wound up happening was, at least for me at the time, since I was going through my own difficult situation, I just did not have the capacity to take on others, other circumstances. And, and really the goal wasn't for that, but yeah. I, whatever, I understand that's, that's where we have to go. But what I've realized is in my life, every time that I'm successful or I really get into something, it's a group and it's a group of women. And I can think of groups of yours, Andrea, that I've been in, that I'd be looking, couldn't wait for Wednesday at noon when we were going to meet, right? And it yeah. was so sad when it ended and just, and that was online and the energy and the people and and like you always say, like the right people show up. Yes. And I I believe you in that. I, I heard that you just said that. I just listened about your mastermind. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I so get that. And I so want that because 
it's always been means so much to me that has mm-hmm. groups uh, as a matter of fact my friends call me a groupaholic if there is such a word, I have invented it. I am a groupaholic. I'm a big fan of support groups. I yeah. want to be with other like-minded people who are dealing with the same things or want to improve themselves in the same way that I'm looking to or to lose weight, you know, with Weight Watchers, whatever it is. Like people join Weight Watchers, they don't want to go to the meeting. I want to go to the meeting. Yeah, That's a big part of it for me. Mm-hmm. And so I decided if that is so meaningful to me, well, then why aren't I doing that with others? I love it. You know, it was, as you were saying that, I just really kind of like, it, it kind of connected for me when you were doing, and I remember, cause I remember your journey. I remember when you first started, like you literally just got online and yeah. I remember you switching your Instagram handle to like, I can't remember what it was at this time, but it's something about care. Squad. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. And now to see who you are, I mean, you've always been her, but to see how you are allowing yourself to show up for yourself, for your family, for for other people is, has moved out of caregiving and into motivating. And when you were doing the caregiving and you were talking about caregiving, it was out of a place of like, I understand. And here is, you know, someone that you can come alongside and I understand you being in this. And you went from that to being the person who is like, I see you and I want you to have more. And now you're helping people to have the more, whatever that looks like for them, because I think it's going to look like something different for everybody. And it's not necessarily just out of caregiving. It could be a woman who's, you know, leaving a career. It could be a woman who's left a marriage. It could be someone who's, you know, kids have finally grown up and, you know, she, they, it's a empty nest. And all of a sudden they're like, what do I do? Or they've been wanting to chase a dream of, of theirs forever. And they're at the point right now where they're like, hmm, okay, I'm at a crossroads. What are you telling her? Or him doesn't really matter. Maybe it's him, but what are you telling them about what is possible for their life right now? I think it's all those people, and it's also the people who might not even realize. I don't want to say that they're unhappy because unhappy really isn't the right word. Maybe unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was. Everything's fine. I, I was a happy person. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to build myself out as someone who wasn't, Mm -hmm. but I want to empower people to realize that they have control of their life. Yeah. And that in itself is an eye opening experience. You have to take responsibility for your life. You have to take responsibility for your decisions. And some of them might not work out. As a matter of fact, some of them definitely won't work out, right? That's how we learn for sure. But it is, I have found it's the journey. Yeah. That is really like the crux of living. Like I said earlier, I get up every day so excited. Isn't that what it's about? It's not about the end game. I don't really even know what my end goal is. You know, when I think about it, and this is so true, I forget. Oh, wait, 
Is this have anything to do with making money? No. You know what? I also realized that everything in my life that brings me joy is helping other people mm -hmm. in so many different ways over my lifetime. I just want to continue to do that because that payback, there's nothing better, right? Yeah. And I know that you know the same. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And and I know that you're going to continue doing that. Like it's inevitable. And I'm so, so proud of you for stepping into this next version of yourself, you know, speaker, author, um, and all of the things that are going to come in the future, because I know you're going to, you know, see them and move through them with um, so much grace and also with probably a few laughs. So <laughs> I hope so because I like to laugh. I know. I was like, and and if you're not following Debbie, I really encourage you to because she is so you're just honestly like watching your stories and you're so honest and sharing your journey and you know, all the vulnerable things that you're telling and letting people into your world is just amazing. And I just think I just think the world of you, Debbie, I'm so proud of you. And uh, I want you to have an opportunity to let people know where they can find the book and how can they connect with you? Well, first of all, thank you so much because you have been a big part of my journey because you're someone I met very early on in my journey. And right away, I knew I need this woman in my life. Oh, thank you. And I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I was so excited. I'm going to see Andrea today. I, I wanted to say <laughs> the problem with Zoom is you can't hug through the screen. I know. I have friends you know? and we always kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We just did it. Yeah. There you go. So right now you can buy the book wherever books are sold. I'm trying to get it on my website. That's a work in progress. We'll be there soon. And yeah. so you can always connect with me on my website, Debbie R. Weiss. The R is very important because yep. there are other Debbie Weisses out there. And can I tell one more little weird story that you I can absolutely share with you? Yes. All right. Yeah. So it's about this. So one, one day a month ago, I was doing a radio interview and there was a man and woman co-host. It, it became apparent they weren't in the same location mm -hmm. I, and we wasn't over zoom. It was telephone. Yeah. And they're asking me all these questions, whatever. And, they get to the second break and the woman says to me, when did your husband die? And I said, six months ago. She said, you're already dating? I said, what? No, I'm not dating. What are you talking about? She had in front of her a book from another Debbie Weiss, who is a oh widow. Goodness. But her husband died like 10 years ago. And she wrote a book about dating as a widow. Oh my gosh. Same name, same yeah. everything. Yep. So weirdly enough, <laughs> I'm telling, and here's, here you go. Here yeah. is like how manifesting happens. I'm telling my cousin about the situation and I come home and I notice Debbie Weiss started following me. So I wrote, you know, I messaged her and she, turns out she was got on the radio show and they must have told her and then she found me and I messaged her. So we're meeting on Monday. 
That is hilarious. And when I pulled up an article that she had written, I think yeah. we're the same exact age because it talked about when she was a senior in high school and what year it was. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's like huge serendipity. You never know. And you know, it's so funny you say that because there is another Andrea Crisp who is a coach as well. And, oh. uh, but I think she's an Andrea because I think she has an accent in her, her name. But okay. uh, I've often had people say they look up andreacrisp.com and um, they're like, that's not you. And exactly. I'm like, yeah, it's andreacrisp.ca. So it really does matter. Those little things really matter. The R, Debbie the R. Weiss. Never thought I'd use the R. I don't like my middle name, but now but it came, I see. Yeah, it came in handy. And yeah. I will, I'll actually link your uh, website in the show notes so people can go directly to there and make sure that they're going to the right website and thank you and make sure that they can grab the book. I'd love to ask you one final question before we go. This is something that I always love to know, but what is the next brave step you need to take in your own life? Not like you haven't taken many yet, but you know, <laughs> what's the next one? <laughs> the next brave step is getting on bigger stages in front mm. of more people and, and stepping into that, knowing that I'm deserving, I'm ready, and I can provide value. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm here for that. I can't wait to see it. I always love when people answer the question because it's like almost it's like they they tentatively go right into saying it and it's like, all right, as soon as I put it out there, I'm putting it out into the universe. And That's so right. I'm excited, Debbie. Uh, I'm still have plans to come to New York City for you and I to go see a show to see each other in real life and hug. But friends, go grab Debbie's book and make sure you connect with her. And if you're in the New Jersey or New York area and you need someone who uh, can speak at an event that you're having or hosting, this is your woman. So thanks, Debbie, for being on the show. So appreciate it. Thank you it. so much for having me. I am personally so fired up right now after that conversation. What you may not know is that back in 2011, I wrote and self-published a book. It's called Design with Purpose. And it's been over a decade since I've even thought about writing another one. But talking to Debbie today has lit a new fire under me to pursue that goal of writing my second book. And maybe that has also been something that has been lit in you as well. And we would be honored if you took a screenshot of this episode and tag both of us and let us know what your big takeaway is from today's conversation. And as Debbie mentioned, being part of community is such a great way to experience growth and expansion in your life. It is something that I am always part of, but I always love having more community in my life. And during the month of August, I decided to take a little bit of time off of our weekly connection call, which is Encouraging Conversations, but we're going to be kicking it back off in September. And I would love for you to join us. I'm going to link to the call in the show notes. So when you go ahead and click the link, you will sign up and I will send you an email as to when and where we meet. Of course, it's virtual. So um, you'll be able to join us from wherever you are. And I want to thank Debbie for joining me today. Such an incredible conversation. And thank you for also joining both of us today. 
Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of the Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review. And while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crelly.